Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Thank you, Michelle and Robert and the choir. Heard a story about Mike and Sally. Mike and Sally passed away. They went to heaven. And they noticed that evidently, simultaneously, there were a lot of other couples that had died at the same time, and they were all there at the pearly gates. An angel was there, said, welcome to heaven, welcome home. He said, I need to form two lines. I want one line to be of the husbands that were henpecked, and they weren't leaders in their home. You get right here. The other line, I want the guys that were the spiritual leaders in their home. Everybody knew it. Children, grandchildren, neighbors. You line up right here. Okay? He said, now, Simon Peter, you go ahead and take the ladies on up to heaven. I'm supposed to share a word to these guys before they go up there. And so he looks at the one line where the guys were henpecked and were obviously weren't in charge of their home. And I mean, it just seemed to go on for days. And then there was, a, there was another line, and there was only one. It was Mike. You remember Mike and Sally. They, they was the one that started this whole story, and he was, he was the only one over here in this line saying he was the man of the house. And so... The angel turns to these guys with all the line. He said, guys, come on, man. I'm so disappointed in you. You knew what the Bible says. You were not supposed to be dominated by your wife. You were supposed to be the leader in your home. Come on, man. He said, what you need to do is look at this guy, Mike, over here. Let's, let's, let's see what he has to say. Let's do what he, let's remember what we should have done by Speaking to Mike, Mike, my man, my friend, tell me, why are you over here in this line? He says, I have no idea. My wife, Sally, told me to get over here. (laughs) Now, that's a joke. That's not in the Bible. You see, what we want to do today is we want to consider what the Bible says about heaven. I'm telling you, so many times we can come up with some stuff about paradise, about glory, about heaven that's not in this book. You see, sometimes instead of just resting in the fact that when God is silent on a matter, we need to let him be silent and trust in a sovereign God, we just kind of come up with stuff. You know, like the pearly gates and Simon Peter and all that kind of stuff. And so what I want you to do is I want you to take your copy of God's Word. I want us to look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, the first four verses. And I want us to consider what we really need to know about heaven. Again, what do we really need to know about heaven? Because what we have here is Jesus speaking to the disciples. So, so we know that there's 
passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament that evolve over time to help us understand glory and paradise and heaven. But this is Jesus speaking. And I I know that you know that I know that you know. We want to know what is Jesus saying here to his disciples at this critical time in Christendom about glory and about heaven. There is a certain mystery about heaven, isn't there? I mean, there are some things we just can only conjecture. We just don't know. The Bible speaks of this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It says, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, meaning when we go to heaven as believers, we see him face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So there's a certain mystery. But right here in this passage are some things we can know. Here's what Jesus says to his disciples. Verse 1, John 14. Do not... Let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. Some passages or scriptures or references, Bibles, versions say mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, and you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Back to your outline, you can take notes, you can take some mental notes, you can just listen, whatever God leads you to do. But here's what we need to know. From the text, there's two or three things. Here's the first thing. You and I need to know that it is not something to be troubled about as a believer. It's not something to be troubled about, worried, anxious about. Now, obviously, the disciples could have been worried. You look at the context of chapter 13, and you see that Jesus has just told them, hey, one of you is going to betray me. Hey, one of you in the room is going to deny me three times. I believe I'd have been a little troubled and anxious too. Besides that, Jesus was going home. Heaven for believers is our ultimate home. No matter how much we like our house here or the one that we grew up in, home is going to be incredible. Can't even compare the two. And so they were anxious and worried. That word means being anxious and troubled, being pulled in two different directions. If you've had somebody on this side of you and this side and you're going, you can't really go anywhere. And he was saying, no, 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 no. He said, don't be anxious. Don't be troubled about heaven. There are things we can be troubled about here on earth, can't we? Lose a job, wayward child, death of a great uncle that you were close to, uh, poor relationship. We can, we can have things that can cause us concern. These guys were concerned. And what Jesus is saying to them and to us, look, You may have some things to be worried about, but don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. But when it comes to heaven, uh, don't be troubled about heaven. That's not something you need on your list ever, 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 
as a believer. Don't be troubled about it. It's not something to be overwhelmed about or worked up about or over-anxious about just because we hadn't been there. There have been places you've gone in your life that you'd never been before. You may have been a little anxious about to travel, what was going to happen when you got there, and now you look back and think, why was I anxious about that? Just because I hadn't been there. Well, heaven is a glorious place. It's unlike anything in heaven, and it's understandable, but Jesus says, don't be troubled. In the book, Where I Am by Billy Graham, he says, the child of God has no need to fear death. Why? God has not left us with the spirit of hopelessness, for he is the God of hope, Romans 15, 13. Death for the Christian is overcome by the reality of hope. Heaven, what are things that might trouble us or concern us about heaven? What are some things that we come up with? I've listed a few things that I've thought about. Maybe you have. Or things that you've heard out there on the streets. Things that people can get upset about. One might be, who am I going to be married to? I was married to three fellas. And they all beat me to heaven. Who in the world am I going to be married to? Guess what? You ain't going to be married. There's no need for partnership or companionship because we will be in the presence of Jesus. There's no need for marriage because part of marriage is for procreation. There's no need for that. It's done. And so that's something we can get worked up about. I believe we'll be able to recognize I believe I don't know what age will be. Baby, 110-year-old woman, 35-year-old fella, thousand eyes. I have no idea. Some say, well, Jesus was 33. Maybe we'll be about average age. We don't know. The Bible doesn't speak to that, so obviously it's not important. But what I do know is I believe we'll be able to recognize. You see on the Mount of Transfiguration, you look at other places where the disciples recognize Jesus and Jesus. We're going to be able to recognize how all that works. I don't know. If Jesus wanted me to know details about that, he'd have told me, he'd have told you. That's one thing. We don't want to be troubled about all that. Here's another one. What kind of angel will I be? You ain't going to be no angel. Okay? So don't get your feathers ruffled. You see what I did there? Okay. There's nothing that says we're going to be an angel. Don't you hate when you see that? Well, he's going to be the sweetest little angel. It's not in the Bible. It might make you feel good to say that, but it's not in the Bible. It's just not. If it was, if it is, somebody tell me, because I'd like to know, so I can kind of join in when people say that, instead of like, mm, uh, 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 I don't want to preach right now, I don't need to, but oh, you're being misinformed. That's a cute little saying, but it's just not true. When it says you will be like angels, meaning you won't marry or be married. Not you're going to be an angel. That ain't happening. We don't want to get troubled about all that. Well, I wonder if I'm going to be like Michael or what other kind of angel. Here, here's another one. Here's another one right here. Playing a harp and sitting on a cloud. That sounds really boring. Lord have mercy. I hope that's not what we're going to do. Now, if it is what Jesus wants me to do and you do, that's fine. 
It's his program and not mine and not yours. But I don't see anything in here that says I'm going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp. I can hardly play the radio. Besides that, but I do understand I'm be able to sing and do some things to bring glory and honor to God. You see, I do believe the Bible talks about worshiping him. I do believe the Bible talks about serving him. I do, do believe God has a plan for all of us, not just recognizing our loved ones and knowing that we're there for Jesus and being able to talk to Noah and say, Noah, how'd you get all those animals on that boat? And thinking about Joseph and talking to him and thinking about all these people, talk about Ruth. I, I want to talk to these folks. I want to talk about Barnabas. I want to talk to Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Bro, tell me about that. Jonah, Jonah, man. I wasn't sure if I see you, Jonah, but I'm glad you're here. You see what I'm saying? It's going to be great time of fellowship and serving and worshiping, but we need to be careful we don't go too far with that and assume that the Bible says some things that it may not specifically say. We just don't need to be worried about it. Don't need to be troubled. We need to trust in the Lord. He's going to bless us in heaven beyond our imagination. Let's not be troubled. I believe it was Tuesday of this week. I was working on this sermon. Cell phone rang. And it was Shan. Shan Martin was in my youth group at First Baptist Canton years ago, my last year and a half at Mississippi College. Shan was a seventh grader at the time. He's a grown man now. Got, he's married. Bless her heart. He's got kids. Bless their heart. I love O'Shan Martin. He, he was a mess in seventh grade, and he's certainly a mess now as an adult. Shan's had some health issues. And so uh, every once in a while I'll hear from him, and especially lately since I've moved back, he'll, he'll, he'll check on me and tell me he's praying for me. I love Shan. And he's got some evidently some serious health issues, but he's still able to communicate at this point. And so I saw in the middle of my study time, it was my buddy Shan from way back. And I thought, oh, man, I got to get on this. My buddy Shan, he can talk a while. I love Shan Martin, but I'm telling you, that brother can talk. Shan, if you listen to me, bro, you need sometimes just be quiet. You talk too much. <laughs> listen. And so I saw it with Shan, and, he, and I know, Shan knows the Lord. He's struggling with his health. So I thought, hmm, I'm going to see what Shan thinks about heaven. I said, I didn't say hello. I didn't say, what are you doing? I didn't say, don't talk long. I just, I said, what do you think about heaven? He said, oh, man, oh, I know I'm going there. Even though I'm sick, I'm telling you what about heaven. I'm not troubled at all. He says, as a matter of fact, Hal, I didn't tell you what I'm doing. I done told my folks this. I told my boys this because I've been trying to teach them to get up early. My funeral's going to be at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and after the funeral, because they need to learn to get up, Hal. After the funeral, and my mom and daddy and others, if they're still alive, they're going to be there. We're going to have an all-you-can-eat breakfast with tomato gravy. I mean, Shan just went on and on about heaven. He's not troubled. Be not troubled, folks. If you know the Lord, there's other things we might get worked up about. We don't need to be anxious. We need to pray and trust. But heaven's not one of them. 
Let's not be troubled. That's one thing God wants us to know. Don't be worked up about heaven. It's going to be better than you could ever imagine. Let's go to the second thing. The second thing is you need to know it's a real place. Say, well, okay, don't need to be troubled. What kind of place? Now, always remember this. Remember the mystery of heaven. And remember what Isaiah 55 says. Verses 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Always keep that in mind. But here's what we need to know. It is not a figment of our imagination. It is a real place. His thoughts aren't ours. So sometimes we come up with stuff. We know that Jesus ascended into a heaven. The text says he's preparing a place for us. John saw it in Revelation chapter 21. Now, we could do a whole series on heaven, maybe for another time or another series. This is one message in our hot topics for a hot summer. But if you go to that particular chapter in Revelation, you can see more details. Because in Revelation 21.1, John said, I saw, and the Lord helped him see this, a new heaven and a new earth. Heaven is beyond, because his ways aren't our ways, his thoughts aren't our thoughts, beyond us locating it down here. So don't ask Siri, hey, Siri, where is this place called heaven the preacher's talking about today? She ain't going to know. She may tell me sometimes, I'm sorry, that didn't calculate. What are you talking about? Y'all ever talk to Siri, like ask her random questions? Yeah, I like to ask all kind of stuff. She doesn't know everything. She knows a lot, but she doesn't know everything. Just as you don't dig down into the earth and find hell so you can't rocket into the skies and find heaven. God is bigger, more awesome than that, and so is heaven. It's reported that one of the Russian cosmonauts came back years ago and said, some people say that God lives out there. I looked around while I was there. I didn't see any God out there. Ruth Graham, who was alive at the time, Billy Graham's wife, says, he looked in the wrong place. If he'd stepped outside the spaceship without his spacesuit, he would have seen God very quickly. (laughs) According to the Jewish wedding custom, the father would add rooms into his house for his newly married son. Jesus knew the disciples knew that. So he was saying, he wasn't abandoning them, but heading out to get their eternal home ready. When our time comes, have no fear because heaven has been preparing our real home and we ain't talking about stucco here. We're talking about God's home. Now, understand this. The Greek word translated house in the text means an abode, literally or figuratively, and by implication, a family. The word translated mansions or rooms means literally the act of staying or residing. So, 
putting the Greek together, Jesus is saying that in God's home, heaven, there will be many people in the family of God all abiding together. I will see the house that I grew up in, the pastorium in mid-August, when I've been asked to go back and preach at First Baptist Kosciuszko for an anniversary month and celebration, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'll see, I will, I will, I will see my house. I plan on going by there that I grew up in. But the idea of being around the table with those, my mom, my dad, my sisters who are all in heaven, with those that live in that house is even more comforting, comforting than the thought of some kind of house or some kind of mansion. It's the people. It's God's people. It's God's family. So we don't need to be worried too much about our neighbors or if our yard's going to be kept the way we want it to with our Bermuda grass up there in heaven. Regardless, either way, it is a place where believers are, and more than anything else, where Jesus is. Which leads us to the third point. Finally, you need to know that it is where God dwells. The text, in my Father's house. It's where God is. It's where the Lord is. He said, I'm going back. He ascended. I'll be interceding on your behalf. The Bible says for believers to be absent from the body is to be present for the Lord. And there'll be no more goodbyes. And we will be with him and our family of God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. There'll be no more coming back and dealing with stuff. The Bible tells us. There will be incredible joy. No more temptations. It ain't going to be good. No more temptations. A place of reward. A place of having no more questions. There's a mystery, but I believe once we get there, we'll be able to know that we know. And some things we question, we won't even care to know once we get there. There'll be no more questions and a place beyond description. Your best day on earth is your worst day in heaven, and there won't be a worse day. In the fall, well, in February, due to a gracious pastor friend, Dr. Jim Phillips, North Greenwood Baptist in Mississippi, I'm, he's invited me, and there's some other pastors that I know uh, that are going to the Holy Land. I've never, I've never been to the Holy Land. And I'm so thankful that due to the graciousness of Dr. Phillips that, that I'm going to be able to go. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. And I know that it's going to be a wonderful place. I've never been there. I've never been there. I've studied about it. And I know it's where Jesus walked. And I know that um, you know, Dr. Phillips is going to be there. That's going to bring a little comfort. And I got some other preachers that are going. One of them's half crazy. I'll have to try to keep him in line. But. I'm a little worried about that, but uh, it's it's. I, I could get I could get a little anxious about that. I get I could get a little work. I never been to the whole. I mean, what in the world? I'm glad that I, they're going. Let me let me tell you though, who else is going? Why it makes me think I'm I'm all right. This woman down here in the front row, my wife Kelly, for over forty years, 
she's going to get to go. They're providing this for both of us to go. And you know, she's my best friend. She's my partner. She's put up with me for decades and several years before that. And so the fact that Kelly is going to be where I am, though I've never been there, and though this crazy preacher's going and all this other stuff, I'm all right because she's going to be there. Now, listen, we're talking heaven where Jesus is, the author, perfecter of our faith. He died so you and I could go there. He's the one that directs us every day. Here in life, when we have difficulty and we're anxious, he gives us abundant life. He promises us eternal life forever and ever and ever. He is going to be there. So even though I don't know all there is to know about that place, I know that he dwells there. And it's going to be okay because he's not leaving me. Several years ago, a man named Keith Laird, who I was real close to, he was a, a strong layman in the church there in St. Pete, Florida. And Keith, Keith had retired and he had some health issues. Now, Keith was not an um, extreme extrovert. He certainly was not a charismatic-type personality or theologically. But he was a good, solid man with a great sense of humor. And I'm grateful, as I am for other people that God has and put in my life, that he was a part of my life. So I went to see, I went to see Keith in the hospital. He's having some trouble. And, and Keith kind of knew he was toward the end. And so we visited him, and he looked at me. And he says, I got to tell you about a dream. Now, folks, sometimes when people tell the preacher, I got to tell you about a dream, you think, uh-oh, here we go. Because it, it's not always accurate. It's stuff we come up with. So I thought, wow, this is Keith Laird. He said, yeah, I had a, I had a dream that the Lord spoke to me. I said, well, what do you, I, I did. I said, well, what do you look like? He said, it was, it's just a bright light. He said, I, I can't describe it, but it, I can tell you the three things. He said, he told me three things. He said, I am with you. I love you. And I'll always be with you. And I thought to myself, that's Bible. At that point in his life, The Lord was reminding him of his word. I am with you. Jesus told his disciples, Lo, I am with you always. He said, I love you. God says, I love you with an everlasting love. And then, I will always be with you. John 14. 
my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself where I am. There you may be also. I don't ever want to forget that conversation. That's why I wrote it down. I share it every now and then. And I pray it comforts you because that's Bible. John Owen, the great Puritan, lay on his deathbed years ago. His secretary wrote to one of his friends in his name. It said, I am still in the land of the living. Well, Owen saw what his secretary did and said, no, say this. Change that and say, I am yet in the land of the dying, but I hope soon to be in the land of the living. D.L. Moody, great evangelist of old, said, One day you will read in the papers that Moody is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? Because at that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. We know all we need to know about heaven from this book. And from that text. I don't know about you. I'm glad I'm going there. And so my question for you is. Are you? Are you going there? If you're not. That's what our invitation is about. God opens his arms. And he says come to me. He's the one that saves you. Not a song. Not a minister. Not good works. He does. But there's going to be people here that will talk to you about what that means. You admit your sin, believe on Jesus as the only way, John 14, 6. And you confess him as Savior and Lord. You repent of your sins and you let him clean you up. You can't, be, you can't do that yourself. He has to do it. But he will and he wants to. And then whenever you die, because we don't know when that will happen, you go to heaven and you won't be anxious. Because there is another destination. We're going to talk about that next week. But you don't want to go there. And most of you know that. Now, if you are a believer, man, God's word should have encouraged you today. Don't be worried. Don't be troubled. Rest in him. Sprint to the finish line. Fulfill your purpose. Do everything God wants you to do. And enjoy your freedom. Take God seriously, not yourself too seriously. Dear God, I pray for this invitation that we're about to have, that your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. Our staff will be here to receive you. Just as